What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show of Testify to Hip Hop. This is an Untold Stories edition. We got my boy Estevan. Hey, what's up, Estevan? How you doing, brother? How's it going? Yeah. <clears throat> it's a famous DJ, famous videographer. Pretty sure you guys know about him. We also got my man's. Yeah, Eric Stone right here. Um, so let's get into it, man. Your life is uh, is one to talk about, man. It's I can't. I don't even know where to begin. Because we saw the documentary, right? Yeah. And uh, there's a reason why there was a documentary made about you and your people. And uh, and I really just want to, like, kind of get into it of... We all know the backstory to an extent, right? Yeah. It's all in the documentary. What was it like starting that documentary and having people wanting to make it? Um, well, I've been filming on and off for about... I could, a little bit over 25 years okay. of everything that we were doing of our crew, you know, which uh, yeah. our crew is called the Soul Assassins, and it was uh, me, Cypress Hill, House of Pain, Cartoon, Funk Dubious, the Hooligans. So we had like a pretty deep crew of mm. uh, people in the hip hop world. And uh, I was the one guy that always had a camera or a video camera with me. Mm. And, because my dad, you know, put me onto a camera when I was younger, like probably around in the 92, 93. Okay. And then I, I got comfortable using it around like 94. Mm. And then in 97, a friend of mine handed me a Super 8 camera, eight, or an 8 millimeter. Okay. And I was shooting with that. So I was, you know, shooting a little bit of video film and then, uh, you know, 35 millimeter film. Wow. But... And you know, you had no proper training, no education, no. nothing. You just kind of just yeah. No, it was just like my dad showed me how to work the camera because it's an old school manual. Mm. It was a Minota SRT ST2, I think it's called, and um, I used that for a little while. And then I bought my own. It was a Canon eighty one, and I've been rolling with that one ever since. And uh, you know, I just took a camera everywhere I went and. We were gonna do a documentary in the early 2000s. It was called Ink. Okay. There's a there's if you go on the YouTube, there's it says Ink the trailer, and you could see like what I was using to pitch, you know, before. And uh, we got a couple good meetings. We had a uh, we had Lawrence Bender who was the producer for Quentin Tarantino. Oh wow! Okay. We had uh, Chris Mills who's a local homie, who uh, he played for the NBA. Mm. And he wanted to get into the film industry. And then we had uh, Brian Grazer and Ron Meyer from Universal Imagine. So it was either we do a movie with the homie, you know, who just funded and, and, you know, we could do our own thing and we wouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah, do it independent. We can go with Lawrence Bender, who we're a a fan of all the movies that him and Quentin Tarantino have done. Mm -hmm. Or we could go with the. Uh, blockbuster hitters, you know, which was Brian Grazer and Ron Meyer. Gotcha. And they didn't want to do a documentary there. Like, let's do a feature. Mm. So, with that contract, that tied up all the footage in the film, and it was like, okay, we're since we're going to do a feature, you can't do a documentary about it, because then it'll be like a, kind of a compete type thing. Mm. It'll put the story out there before, you know, we want to just come out of the gate with this feature i was like okay cool so that went on for 10 years and then uh 
we got the footage back in um, 2017 wow. because the feature had come out. And then uh, the feature was called Lowriders, and we ended up being executive producers and consultants on that mm -hmm. movie. I and remember then, that movie. And then you uh, saw that? Yeah, I remember that movie. Oh, wow. We got the, the rights to the footage back. And uh, at that couple months later, I met uh, a guy named Sebastian Ortega, who's mm. uh, owns a production company in Argentina. Yeah. And he's the only guy in Argentina that has a lowrider. Mm. He's a. Uh, so he definitely stands out. <laughs> definitely stands out. He's a very successful uh, movie executive. Okay. Down in uh, Argentina, Buenos Aires. But when you see the guy, he's wearing Chuck Taylors, yeah. Dickies, and white T-shirts, and covered in tattoos, sleeved down. Oh. So I was like, I go, man, you know, I think he'll get this, you know, with no problem. Mm. So he's like, I want to put this documentary out, you know, can I bring you down to Argentina and show you my, you know, my facility and everything so you can see, you know, what I'm working with? Yeah. And I go, yeah. He got me a first-class ticket, flew me down there. Wow. Um, you know, took care of me and uh, stayed there for like I think a week or ten days, maybe or something like that. And went all around with him and saw his whole operation. I was like, man, this mm. is the guy to do it with for sure. Mm. So I came back and I told Tunes, I was like, hey, you know, I found a home for this thing. Yes. So. We took the footage down there and he put on his team of he, he got us a writer producer and he had like on staff editing and he i think he has like three or four editors worked on this project and it was non-stop for like two years they were going wow. at it so it wasn't like you got to deal with netflix and then they funded it it was you no. guys put it together and presented it to them yeah he had the first Sebastian put up the first money uh -huh. got the ball rolling but because he's so successful in Latin America yeah. he has a couple of number one uh, shows he has a show called uh, El Marinal <clears throat> it's a really big show down there okay. in all of Latin America but it's like the number one show in Buenos Aires mm. and he has a couple other shows he wins you know he wins a lot of awards and stuff so that's awesome I felt like I was in a good home you know I was yeah. like you know, before we were with Brian Grazer, and of course he is who he is. He's one of the mm. top filmmakers in the world. But this was like a little documentary in all these, mm. the world of all these huge movies, you know? Yeah. So we kind of felt like we were like a little bit uh, lost, you know, like with, uh, as far as, you know, there's these multi multi-million dollar budgets yeah and then our little documentary you know and so you're trying to find a place to fit in yeah and like yeah. you know sebastian has more of a is is called underground productions yeah. and that's it had more it felt more like a, a home for this project for us so um you know just took off like right away he was like he got it rolling the ball rolling really quick like he was like let's get you down there you can see my spot let's get the footage down here mm. i'll get my team on it and we'll go and it's just like boom 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 he just you know he, That's awesome. he got all the right guys on it never let up and mm. we just went two years straight into editing and refilming some new uh interviews like with eminem and uh you know, a lot of the, the people that were, 
in some of the footage, like mm-hmm. uh, you know Paul Rosenberg, um, Clifton Collins, Wilmer Valderrama. And it's crazy too, because I told Joey, I said, "Man, you got to check out this documentary, right?" I saw it when it first came out because I was just hyped about it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and so when when I saw it, and the fact that it was hugely successful on Netflix, right? Yeah. And when like this industry, you try to start this in the early 2000s, right? So you had to get your rights back to all the footage, you had to do all this, like people don't see that side of it, right? They think it's just, oh, you got a great story, it's just easy walking, it's not like that at all. Nothing like that, I mean, I I kind of veered off, but the thing about Sebastian is because he had existing shows on Netflix and they Mm -hmm. did so good, he was able to just walk it into Netflix Latino, like in Latin America, Mm -hmm. and then those guys liked it so much that they showed it to like the headquarters, you know, U.S. Netflix, mm. and that's when they're like, "Okay, let's show this worldwide." Yeah. But at first, it was only going to come out in Latin America. Wow. And we so, were cool with that. Yeah. I was cool with it just coming out in <laughs> in Buenos Aires. Yeah, because you, you didn't. Know, you had no South idea. South America. Like, I didn't yeah. care. I was like, "Cool, it was, you know, yeah. this is coming out." Yeah. But you know. We had nothing but, you know, hits in there, you know? Like, yeah. the footage was all the, you know, our story. We had the, you know, some of the best people in there. We we just put out a soundtrack with, you know, some top artists. Yeah. I mean, like, you have people like Eminem and Snoop and those guys, you know, yeah. batting for you. It's like, how can you lose, you know? Uh, exactly. People can't, people try to get that and they can't get them yeah. on board. So the fact that you guys just do it just from a friendship that you worked with them, that's just, it speaks for itself. Yeah, like, you know, Eminem, he's one of the hardest people in the world to get at, you know, but for us, he was one of the coolest people we've ever worked with and gotten to know in this industry. Mm. I mean, when we met him in the 90s, he had just come out. Like, I went and saw him at my, my boy, Big A B, rest in peace, had a club called Unity in Hollywood, and it was right there at the Florentine Gardens. That's where I first saw Eminem. He had brown hair. He came out doing My Name Is. And at first, everybody was like, you know, at that time, it was more, you know, brown and black people in the in the hip-hop clubs. So, I want to get into this, because, wait, how old were you when, when uh, this came out, <clears throat> My Name Is? I was going to tap into that anyways, because yeah. the entire documentary, I was just blown away by a lot of it, because... Yeah was mentioned in Cypress Hill or even early Eminem, and I was like, wow. I was born in 92. So you were born in 92. Yeah. I was born in 1990. Like, for me, when I first hit, heard Eminem, right, I was like, <laughs> we're making you feel so young right now. <laughs> so when I first heard Eminem, right, I, I heard my sisters talking about it, right? And I was like, wait, Eminems are making music now? Yeah. Like I was thinking the candy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was it like... Cause I was, I, what was it? It was 2000, it was 99 when he first came out. I was nine years old, Yeah. right? So, and I didn't hear him until like 2000, 2001. How was it when he first came in the game, like you were saying, it's mostly black and Latino people yeah. in hip hop. Like how did it make you feel like this white guy coming in, having a crazy song like My Name Is, like? I mean, it, well, made, me, it made me feel great, you know? Cause yeah. I'm coming from, uh, 
my camp is Cypress Hill, right? Yeah, I was so say that. I, w- I came, I met them, Muggs. I met Muggs first. Gotcha. And, okay. And he's the white guy. Yep. So you, you he's, he's over there happening. producing his ass off. So it was like you know, it was like hits. nothing new to you. It was like yeah, it was, not, it was like you know, Muggs took me to Cypress Ave. I met Beaver and Send Dog mm. in '89. And he gave me this tape, and he goes, hey, homie, you know, here's this group. is a cassette tape. Uh-huh. He's like, here's this group. I still have it. And he just wrote on Cypress Hill. He goes, you know, we just got signed. I was like, oh, cool, man. That's great. You know, because, yeah. you know, at that time, I was working the door at clubs, and, you know, the guys like Everlast came through, but he was with Ice-T and them. Mm. And, I, and I was friends with Booyah Tribe and all these, you know, West Coast, you know, artists from from LA yeah. and so you know Muggs was you know one of the people who used to come to the clubs and then I met those guys and you know you were starting to hear about you know people getting record deals yeah. you know I was yeah. um, because until that I wasn't interested I didn't give a fuck you know mm-hmm. I was just uh, working construction and and I was working at the clubs and I didn't know people that got record deals you and know? how old were you when you met them in my 20s. I was in my oh, okay. early 20s. Early 20s. How was working at a club in your 20s? It was cool. You know, like, I was uh, I was the guy to go to, you know, the the guy to be cool to. Oh. You know, because if uh, you wanted so to get like in. So, like a promoter. So, basically, you were a promoter. No, I was. A, I worked the front door. Oh, oh okay. so you're the Don't one that we all had to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. To, <laughs> you didn't want to piss you off. So yeah, you, yeah. I was the guy you had to kiss ass to. But I wasn't the dick either, you know. So, oh, okay. I was cool with everybody. I respected everybody. But... I stood my ground if somebody came up drunk and acting yeah. stupid or, you know, acting like, you know, I'm on the guest list, I, I'd be like, well, I don't have you here, you know, I don't yeah. know what you want me to tell you. Mm. You say you're here, I say you're not, you know, I don't need to show you this because I don't need to prove shit to you, but yeah. I'll show you anyways, you're not on there. Man. <laughs> so I'm doing my job, if you got respect, you know, yeah. cool, if not, whatever, handle it, you know, yeah, do, yeah, do yeah. your thing. So after you got done, or well, not got done, because you obviously transitioned from working to the club, what happened next? Well, then I met the guys from Cypress, and I was real tight with Muggs and them, and, mm-hmm. and he goes, hey, homie, I got a new group coming out, and, and some white boys, and I was like, you know, like, to, back to what you said, I was yeah. like, fuck. At that time, <laughs> there was, you know, Everlast from Syndicate, uh-huh. uh, Third Base, and Vanilla Ice. Oh mm-hmm. God, Vanilla so, Ice. What, wait, before you continue, what do you think about Vanilla Ice? I mean, he was, you know, he was doing his thing. You, you know, like back in those days, like where our crew was, you come from like doing your own beats. You yeah, know, yeah. like doing like um, trying to make your own sound. And mm-hmm. he came out with you know Ice Size Baby, which was like you yeah. know everybody knew the beat already. Yeah. And then his look was a little bit different, and you're like you know. It wasn't really our style mm. from over here, you know? So we I can't like, stand it, but I hear people say from that time that they loved Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. Like it was the yeah, shit. Ice Ice was the shit. I mean, yeah. that beat, you can't go wrong. It was already a hit before mm. he, he got on it, you know? So, oh, okay. And that's the type of thing, like, <clears throat> when people, if you want to be successful, you just grab a beat that's already hit and yeah. you just put your voice yeah, on it. Like, that. it's kind of like yeah. easy, you know? Yeah. But you guys, not to cut you off, Cypress Hill also had a song. I remember watching the documentary, and they said, we hit the stage, and they had no idea who these white guys were until they they hear the beginning of the beat, and then everybody goes crazy. Mm. Yeah, that was was, um, House of Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was Everlast. 
So Muggs goes, hey, I got a spot for you, you know, in, you know, working, mm. but it's with these new white boys that we got coming out called House of Pain. I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're like, you know, what are they like? And he goes, well, it's Everlast. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's cool, because, mm. you know, I knew him from the clubs. Yeah. So me, Everlast, and Muggs went to go have dinner, and he's like, you know, this is a job. You know, at first it doesn't pay, but we'll pay for everything. We'll pay for your flights, hotels, and we'll give you per diem, you know, daily daily money to walk around with. Yeah. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, you get to travel and shit like that. I was like, okay. I go from construction and working at the clubs where I was making, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day to nothing, but I don't have any bills, and I get to travel. Mm. At first, that's what they said, you know. So I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. I told my bosses, like, is it cool if I do this? If I come back, I can get my job back? They go, fuck yeah, you know, you're our best guy. Mm. So that made me feel good that, like, if the shit didn't work out, at least I had my old job to go back to. I could just slide right in, and I was cool. You were also a road manager, right? That's what the job was. Oh, okay. Road managing House of Pain. So I went on tour, and... uh, with those guys and the shit blew up jump around was a song yeah it blew up at first we went to all these promo clubs and most of them were you know brown and black clubs and uh we'd go in and and i would be in some some cities in like the south and stuff or some back east and Mm. we're walking through the cloud and crowd and most of them you know it's like you know real hardcore hip-hop clubs and we're walking through and we're like what's these motherfuckers you could hear people like saying little shit even though the music yeah. is blasting we're walking through the crowd and you could hear people like who the fuck are these you know you, you could yeah, hear yeah. like little shit and you're like oh shit you know this might not be a good night <laughs> you gotta and make the best out of it yeah, yeah. Gonna make like, hopefully on one, we man. you know we get out of here cool or yeah. get out the back door or something you yeah, know but yeah. so far don't look so good yeah at, at one point in time how long were you guys on tour the most yeah. the longest like, like like two three months or what i would say two months was probably the longest of a one-time deal like it was mm. probably all summer long okay and then um you know we hit the stage and a fucking jump around comes on mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know at, at that time our show was seven minutes it was an okay. intro and jump around so you'd hear you know the 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 intro is like it's the house of it's the house of it's the yeah. house of pain 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 and then dun, 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 dun. and the fucking beat kicks in <laughs> and the whole crowd just goes berserk yeah. wow everybody's like oh shit oh fuck yeah you know they're they're you know jumping wilding out yeah and then we're like damn okay we are getting out of here alive you know yeah. no no cuts and scrapes you know so it started going good and pretty soon we started getting hired as like um where you it was called um i forget what it's called but it's it's the type of thing where you can go play at a club like a residency residency no no like um you go playing different clubs all over the city but Uh you just go play your hit oh okay okay so it's like a club with a dj and then you just come in, do your hit, and you bounce. Mm. So sometimes, sort of like a walkthrough. yeah, sometimes we do like three shows in a night. Oh wow! You know, different parts up. of the you city. Just keep hopping around, just yeah. playing your hit. They shoot us in a car, a car service, and they're like, hey, you gotta go here. You do that Damn. show. You jump across town forty-five minutes. You do a show in this club. Mm. You jump back, do a show in this club, and we'll have you at the hotel by this time. We're like, all right, wow. cool. Those shows were like a thousand bucks each. 
at you know nice. in the big early days yeah so those guys you know we were rolling together like all all family all you mm -hmm. know brothers and shit so they would be like hey did you, you know you got the payday because i was a tour manager so i was the one collecting so mm -hmm. i get the thousand bucks here you go mm. and they and they go okay here's your third here's your third here's your third and it's you know 300 300 300 yeah and they go here you go bro you know hand me the 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 leftover hundred yeah so you're doing three of those at a night 300 you're like cool you yeah know, and you were expecting nothing yeah i was expecting like i didn't know when the shit was gonna kick yeah. in where i was gonna get my money so i was like fuck yeah this is cool and then it started going like you know the 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 checks started getting bigger and they're mm. like you know but i was collecting all the cash Mm. So say it would be two thousand, then we they split that up three ways, and then give me whatever was left and, over. And just yeah. to, just just to ask, how many people are you splitting this thousand or two thousand dollars with? Four. The so three this is band like a members message. and then me. Yeah. This is a message to all the rappers who don't want to work hard. Here's mm. somebody who's been doing shows on tour for a thousand dollars per club. So I really feel like you paved the way for them you know to walk yeah i mean the, you know I, I wasn't in the band i was a tour manager mm -hmm. so for them to do me like that they, they were like you. that was like you know like a brother like love. family you know yeah. like because they could have said hey we'll give you money at the end of the week mm -hmm. a certain fee and you know you're a hired hand you know so i was yeah. like fucking i felt you know like damn we're we're brothers right here you know yeah, these motherfuckers yeah, like yeah. obviously i didn't make another music i didn't mm -hmm. make another rap so i don't deserve you know an even cut yeah I, I, but what they were giving me was i was cool with that you know i was I, at that point i was making more than i was back home doing the construction of the doors mm. you know eight to ten hour construction day then you know maybe a four or six hours at the clubs yeah. you know long hours and this was a little bit cooler i was traveling seeing the world you know there's hot girls coming to every yeah. show we're getting like the best you know we're getting free alcohol because you know you put that mm -hmm. shit on the rider were you getting when all the girls would go to the band members would some of them come to you just to like they had to come crumbs. to me to get to them <laughs> you know yeah, right like, they had to come to me to talk they to them because <laughs> they're over there you know <laughs> oh you want to talk to the band well, you know uh, so i want to talk to you <laughs> at, that, at that time too it was like the the industry was coming out of the um you know the the big hair bands mm. so the whole idea of like you know there was a classic rock days where there's like the hippie flower child you know yeah. love love peace and you know sex drugs rock and roll mm -hmm. days then it went into crazy sex drugs rock and roll days yeah. with the big hair bands yeah, and like then it went into hip-hop yeah so we got the beginning of the hip-hop days mm. touring with all that coming with it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like we 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 came in we we're like what the fuck is this like what are groupies and what is this like yeah. this is this shit's crazy like mm. you know like people are just like giving you free weed giving you mushrooms girls are like hey you know lifting up their shirts at the shows yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like you know grabbing you you know like mm. nowadays it would be everybody would be going to jail yeah, the whole yeah, club, yeah. like the girls would be going to jail the guys would be going to jail like everybody like you know <laughs> i've been i've been at shows where you know some of my you know friends are up there rapping uh -huh. and there's 10 guy 10 girls grabbing them wow you know grab between their legs 
And you know, nowadays, if you like, first of all, if you did that to a woman back then, it'd be a wrap. Oh, yeah, no you know, game like, over. Yeah, you couldn't go up to Madonna and just grab her no. shit. And just be like, hey, baby, you know. But these I don't dudes, think you could do that back then. No, hell no. no you, you get smacked real quick. Yeah, you could never do it. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying but is, but the like, girls would do it to the guys. The girls would do it to the guys like crazy. Huh. And like you know, we'd be uh, we'd be doing the shows and like you see people like you know dancing, singing every song, and then all of a sudden like one girl would flash, yeah. Yeah. and then another one would see that girl, and then she would flash. And before you know it, like ten girls are flashing you on stage, and it's Man. like so. This is my thing how often did you see a road baby somebody who was on tour and met a girl and then they had a baby with him um, <laughs> but you have to go to the next city yeah i think i think um, i mean it happens but not that often really but i would say that it probably happened the most when we were on tour because like at that time um like the the like condoms weren't the biggest thing in the world mm -hmm. and they AIDS, still ain't really like <laughs> AIDS, like, I don't know. like uh, AIDS you came out like AIDS came out in the 80s oh yeah and we we were going on tour in the early 90s uh, so and and be, the be the you know the the common like word about AIDS was you know was in mm -hmm. the in the gay world yeah. So, people were just being they were wild. On the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were on the edge, kind of, but at the same time, they were kind of like, well, you know, mm. let's just we're on tour. There's yeah. hot girls, you know, we're not doing nothing wrong. Like there mm. was a lot of misinformation about like that disease, you know. Yeah. I mean, my, Magic Johnson had it, and and people didn't want to play next to him. Yeah. And they had no idea. You can't get it that way yeah and so like nobody knew what to do yeah wow so like you know you're you know you're young mm -hmm. there's a lot of hot, wow. hot girls around all over the world yeah. you're partying you're having mm -hmm. fun like you, you know yeah i mean sure i'm sure there's some road babies here and there you know yeah. <laughs> probably but, more than they know of yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta go back i think the 23 and me is getting everybody twisted you know yeah <laughs> that's getting everybody caught up you said Man. the what 23 and me. What's that? That's the thing where you you send your DNA and it tells oh, you if you have kids you. or relatives anywhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if they don't send theirs in, then you would never know. Right. True. So yeah. it got to be a connection. But yeah. you know, a lot of people are. So a lot, a lot of, of people, people are, are sending theirs you know, in. find out. Oh, I got a brother I over here. I didn't even know, and this and that. You know, I got Man. a kid over here. Didn't even know. So. I mean, a kid, yeah. But I mean, like, I want to go meet my brother. Yeah. Who's all the way across the world? Like, not really. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no. I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't know, man. Brother. I got so many cousins. I didn't even know I had. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm my family keeps getting though. bigger every year. Like, <laughs> shit. So, like, I got Native Indian in me. I know it wasn't through love. So, like, you know, like, yeah. it's just like, um, how was it? Like, how did you feel when like it kind of stopped? When it faded out? Like um, when that lifestyle kind of, did you miss it? Did you? Yeah, I mean, there's lightweight depression, you know, like when you're, even Withdraw. when you're not on mm -hmm. tour, you you get kind of bummed out, you know, because yeah. to me, I was used to going to a city, doing our job, going to bed in a hotel, getting up the next morning or driving on a bus all night to the next city, you know, in the the in the bunks in the buses they're about like as big as this couch and they go like this so you're mm. kind of like in a coffin 
<clears throat> but it's cool. You yeah, know? it's like, cool. Like that was home. Yeah, it's actually a lot of stuff. Like you'd have your little cubby hole. You'd have your shit set mm. up. Like back then, we had these um, cassette players, like little Walkmans, and you have yeah, your little yeah. Walkman tucked in with your. There was like a little hook. You put your headphones there, and you yeah. know when you go to bed, you just put your music on and kick it, and you have mm. you know all your little shit hooked up. And then all of a sudden, you're like. All that shit stops. You're back mm. at home. You're like, fuck. You know, can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till the next tour. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I was just in New York. We flew to Paris. We went, you know, went down to Italy. Mm. We went to Germany. You know, there's all these kids screaming and yelling and like, you know, doing all this cool shit. And then you're back home. So what? Okay, you gotta give me, okay, the craziest night you had on tour. And whether it be with a girl, whatever the case may be, like, what was, like, the one thing that you just, like, you remember that night every time? I mean, there's, there's, like, there's so many I don't remember. Really? Yeah, like, it was, it was, I mean, like, we're from House of Pain in Cypress Hill, Uh right? So we're, like, rowdy and, like, rowdy youngsters from L.A. Yeah. Where you know LA is already known for being rowdy, rowdy city, mm. and then what we were representing was you know, weed partying, having fun. So it was just normal. Yeah. So like you're getting the best, you're getting people bringing you buds that you didn't even know existed, mm. and then they're bringing you bags of mushrooms that you're like, God, what am I gonna do with this? Yeah. And then you're just like getting all this shit, and you're like. Man, I don't even know what's up. You know, like this, this shit's crazy. You know, people are giving you ecstasy pills, and you're in different, you know, countries, and you yeah. know, like there was so many crazy times. Like, you know, there's the first time, the first day I worked with Cypress Hill mm-hmm. after working with House of Pain for three years. Yes, my first day was Woodstock '94, and so what? it's ninety is is um, five hundred thousand people. 1994, and I met with Bobo, who's a con- uh, percussion player. He was yeah. he flew in. They had, he was on tour with the BC Boys, so he had a day off. Mm-hmm. And B was like, "Man, we need you at this show. You need to come. This is gonna be the shit. It's fucking Woodstock, man." Where was that? In uh, in Woodstock, New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's like a like upstate city New York, up north, okay. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. so. He was like, fuck it, I have a day off, I'm out there, let's go. Mm. So he got a ticket, I think he flew in from uh, Miami, I flew from L.A., they got us a helicopter to fly in backstage because there's only two ways you can get in, a boat yeah. or a helicopter. With 500,000 people attending. You yeah, might. there's no way you're driving there. Yeah. No, you would never get in, it's no show. Yeah. So we flew in with two of the members of, Je- of Jefferson Airplane. Mm that were you know we're so to us we're like damn we're flying in with two of the original members from the the first woodstocks you know like yeah. we're like this is sick you know we're in a yeah. helicopter and, and a lot of these shows you were the only person with a camera yeah yeah that must have been crazy too so you know like not every single one but yeah. especially woodstock i wasn't going to be you know mm. like they knew like we're going to have you know this shit's going to be well documented because yeah. of the last one yeah so we fly in backstage and you know just coming in a helicopter with those two guys you know and uh flying in to the backstage and then we start doing the show like we came in after henry rollins 
Mm. And he was rocking his, you know, his set. Yeah. The kids were pumped up, but then, like, when Cypress Hill came out, it just un- unloaded, you know, it unlocked. And at Woodstock, you become legends. Right? Yeah. Like, That's where, like, so many legends have been made. I mean, like, I think it had rained there a couple of days before, and they had plywood down yeah. for all the people. So when when Cypress came out, I think they came out to a, um, either Hand on the Pump or We Ain't Going Out Like That. or One of those songs is, like, really hyped. Mm-hmm. And the crowd automatically went berserk, and wow. they started... Um, peeling off the plywood off of the floor and underneath the floor was all mud so they would peel off the plywood and hold it up over the head and then they would put a you know a kid up on top and they were doing crowd surfing for real like wow. on top of the plywood the <laughs> we mud puddles we missed out the Damn. mud puddles were just the the we had a uh, the name for them was the mud people yeah so there was I'm like sorry. a couple hundred mud people doing like a mosh pit in wow. the mud fully covered and people would be sliding in the mud everything sliding just... they had uh, this thing where they would get like a blanket I don't know where the fuck they got it but <laughs> they'd get like a blanket a group of people and they would let the blanket get like um, you know like all saggy and then they'd all stretch it out what and lift the people like 10 20 feet in the air oh like a, wow. like a, like a trampoline yeah yeah so holy crap they're like launching people in the air and mud's flying everywhere and the music's going crazy and then drugs the thing these yeah. guys <laughs> yeah lots of, drugs. lots of drugs the thing these guys were known for was mosh pits and, yeah. and they're known for jumping in the mosh pit so when you know Bira and Senda were like hey we're gonna go in we're like no no <laughs> not yeah. today guys you know it's like, it's, dude, you don't see that out there look at how wild and B jumps in and I was like oh man here we go he this goes in they're taking his they're ripping his shirt to where he he like they're pulling his shirt so hard that he's holding it like this just so he could breathe and, and rap and they're wow. taking off his shoes and socks and then Sen jumps in you know a little bit down yeah. and you know we're the only crew guys and we're the only ones that know what, what they're doing uh-huh. so the security and all those guys they don't know what the fuck's going on they're like what's going on they, these guys jump you know yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. tripping out so we get in and we you know pull them back in and you know they're all fucked up the shirts are all stretched out no mm-hmm. shoes no socks yeah they got that one but yeah. I'm, I'm okay the show is <laughs> you know live as fuck people. yeah you know like that's insane the kids went, that. went bananas after that and and that comes from being in LA and being around the hardcore groups yeah. you know around the punk scene you know here's the thing right like I've been to a good amount of festivals and concerts and everything my generation I've never seen an event, and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or whatever, but I've never seen anything crazy like that in person. Yeah. Never. Yeah, Not never even in footage. You don't see it at Coachella. You don't see that. Uh, um, what the governor's ball in New York. Well, like you, you said, a lot of people will go to jail now. Huh? So, like he said, a lot of, a lot people, of people would go, go to jail, jail now. So I see mosh pits, right? But it's not like that. Like they'll just get in a circle and push each other around and stuff. But it's not to that extent. That's yeah. just yeah. insane. This show was what full drugs blown. are they doing? What, everything. No, what I'm saying, what drugs are they doing differently than than now? That's the reason why they're not that crazy. It was just a different mindset, you know. Like yeah. people were more open and like it hadn't really went off yet it re- hadn't really happened yet to where people didn't really know how to react it was kind of like mm. whoa whoa what's yeah. going on this here this is still new 
And they're like, wow, that's cool, you know, look at, they're, they're getting into yeah, it. They go. Yeah. Don't worry about them. <laughs> and now everybody's so focused on getting on their camera phone. Lawsuits yeah. and yeah. everybody's yeah. so cool they're like, too. oh, you yeah. know, no mosh pits because, you know, there'll be a lawsuit and, you know, they, they kind of fucked it up, you know. Like, mm. They they put so much restrictions on it, it's almost not cool, you know. Yeah. Like, it's not as fun. Because then like, you got an insurance issue and all this, it's just, Like yeah. when we weren't on stage performing, like say we went, like... When we did we did a tour with Limp Biscuit, the Napster tour. Okay. It was Cypress and and um, and Limp Biscuit, and we rotated nights that we were headlining. Mm-hmm. When we weren't on stage, mm-hmm. we would go in the crowd and go in the pit. Wow. You know, like me and B Roy would be. I go, hey, you want to go in the pit tonight? He's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. So Fred would be out there singing. I did it all for the nookie, you know. Yeah. And he's flipping <laughs> out, and here comes B on stage. You know, he's like, you know, raising yeah. his hand. Everybody's like, ah, yeah, B, there's B. Yeah. Boom, he jumps in the crowd. And I can't let the homie go in by himself, you know. Yeah, they'll fucking yeah, yeah. eat him alive, you know. So I got to jump in and help him get back to the front. Why'd you let him jump in by himself? Push over, you know. <laughs> But that shit was live, you know. You get a couple, you know, kicks and elbows to the head yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But it was all part of it, you know. Man, it was part of the the culture, part of the lifestyle. Um, it was definitely mm. a lot of fun, you know. Like I think doing all that shit maybe become like an adrenaline junkie, you know. Yeah. Like, to where I always just want to be doing crazy shit. That sounds like the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> why I would guess. Um, so, can we get into uh, Cartoon? How you met Cartoon? When you met Cartoon? I met Cartoon in 1992, and it was at this uh, uh, record release party for the Penthouse Players, and he had done the the album cover artwork. Oh, so, yeah, it, um, right before the riot, right? Or around yeah. the same time as the riot? I think before. Okay. Probably, yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, I went with my friend Donnie, Donnie Charles, and uh, me and him used to go to a lot of clubs together, and he knew Cartoon. So when we went in the club, he looked around to see if he knew anybody, and he goes, hey man, you know, he's a black dude, he goes, hey man, there's my other Mexican homie right there, Cartoon, yeah. you know, he he likes low riding and all, you know, the same shit we do. Leave it to black people to so I was like, cool, you know. So Why people he, don't do that shit? He took me over and <laughs> we, had, we kicked like, in, you know. In but like, at that time, there wasn't a lot of, you oh, know. It was okay. like, Only like there was three a or f- four. There was a there was a, a a couple, you know, like a couple handfuls. Yeah. And there was a couple, you know, handfuls of white dudes that were in the industry, like they were an accountant or a manager or or an A and R or somebody at the label, but. You didn't really see, like, the club scene that mix, mm. you know? It wasn't like, you as know, diverse it, as it was the now. 90s, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of, uh, it was like a hood thing. Yeah? Like the, the hip-hop mm. scene. So, it still pretty much is, you know, yeah. if you if you think about it. but. Um, so when you met Cartoon, this is when you you did all the Woodstock and everything? No, I hadn't done that. I had just started before. with this is before. House of Pain. I got you. Okay. I just we had just got back from Japan uh, on a promo tour. Okay. Okay. And I was and I had a um, a cassette sampler which was the single which mm-hmm. which had jump around and one of, I think it was the same thing that we would play at the shows like the intro and the house and the jump around mm-hmm. and it was like a little cassette sampler and it had like a little sleeve on it and I was like hey man 
there's a new single of the group yeah. I'm working with. You know, nobody had really heard of him yet. He was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I, I go, you know, I go, what do you got going on? He goes, oh, I'm going to go to Japan and, and airbrush, do murals on lowriders. I go, oh, okay, that's cool, they man. They left lowriders out there? Yeah. I go, I just got back from there. He goes, what? I was like, he goes, what did you do over there? And I go, I went out there with that group, you know. We did did some shows out there. Mm. He was like, fuck, what's it like? I go, oh, it's good, you know, the bomb food and, like, the low riding, everybody's like hip hop shit is cool as hell over yeah, there. Like yeah. you know, it's it's a whole different vibe, mm. but it's cool. You know, yeah, it's like like some shit you got to see. How are the shows in Japan? Um, how, how, how do you like it? At those times, they <clears throat> they were great. They were off mm. the hook. The during the whole time you were doing you're doing the show, mm-hmm. the the people in the you know the people that are supporting you they were singing every single word of the song they knew it all right but they didn't speak one word of english that's funny that you say that as soon as the song would end it would be like dead quiet it's crazy when you say that right because i lived in asia right i lived in southeast asia he is not like it's like legit they will know every they'll know him better than i will when it comes to the lyrics but then when you try to speak to them nothing yeah, like you could, I was there for a while. They called me Kobe Bryant, like four times. Like, why are you calling me Kobe? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the only black person we know. What's up, Kobe? That's great. That's awesome. But like yeah. you know, back back then they were, you know, there would be time where they would do, um, like if you're DJing, you know, you mm. pull the pull the um, the sound down, you know, the the music track yeah, down, yeah. and the crowd would sing, yeah. you know, through the chorus and shit. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you could hear how how live the crowd was and how much they really knew yeah. your music. And then, as soon as the song would go off, and they'd be like, "Hey, what's up? You know, how you guys doing tonight?" And they're like, <laughs> "Cricket, cricket, <laughs> how y'all feeling?" <laughs> and then they're like, they "Okay, the next song." You know? <laughs> hey, start the next one. And then, Let's get uh, the fuck out of here. Yeah, we started having to learn like little words here. You yeah, know, yeah. like go, going they back. Love that too, when you learn like a certain language or certain yeah. words in their language, you say it, they go crazy for it. Yeah, you say yeah. like, "Hey, what's up?" Or you know, in, yeah, because you're embracing the culture. Yeah, you're like yeah. trying. You know, yeah, they respect um, it. And then we we started getting friends all around the world, and then mm. we would we would tell them hey we're coming to do like we had a friend big red Mm. he did like um hip-hop and and reggae music and he was in a group called ragasonic and but he came to la and um he just came on a vacation i guess he was going through some hard times and came to la and ended up getting tattooed by cartoon Mm. and we got along with him real good and he was like cool as fuck so he ended up staying here for a little bit and we ended up doing like um two or three of his, of his album covers mm. i did two of his music videos cartoon tattooed him a bunch of times and then uh so we built this friendship with him so that every time we'd go to paris i'd be like hey big red we're coming to paris you know yeah. he, he, I go, are you are you around are you gonna be around and he's like, yeah, and I go, okay, cool, because when you're the the headliner, you could, if you don't bring a group with you to open up for you, you could pick oh, somebody, really? or if you don't, they'll pick somebody for you. Hmm. So they'll pick like local talent. So every time we'd go to Paris, we'd tell the promoter, hey, put Big Red on the show, you know, to open mm-hmm. up for us. 
So you just meet cool people like that around the world, and mm. you know, every time you come in town, you like hook up and hang out, and it's like you know, just like anytime you're with family or friends. Yep. I'm in town, like you yeah, know. Yeah, you're like you know the when you see them again, it's just like you know how it was when you left. You know, yeah. the, all that gap didn't really change nothing about how you guys are with each other. Yeah. So every time we go to you know different cities and see our friends, it was like you know you're going around. The, you have like a family around the world. That's so awesome. Are you still connected with any of these people now? Yeah, like wow. I, you know, I still talk to them. Mm-hmm. I got friends in uh, Brazil, uh, France, Germany, uh, Japan, Thailand, Australia. You know, like mm-hmm. different countries that we went to several times where you could you know like New York was our second home. Oh, yeah? Because that's where the label was. It's the best city. So that's where, you know, the label, the manager was. So (laughs) we would just, you know, that was our, you know, our home away from home. Yeah. You know, we we knew New York like, like, you know. What's your favorite part of New York? I mean, I like it all, you know, depending on who you're with. You know, like we go to to Brooklyn, we hang out with the Lords of Brooklyn or... You know the our other friends from the, the graffiti crews. We go to the Bronx. Mm. You know we hang out with the the Tats crew or, yeah. you know there's like different crews in different parts of the city that you kick it with. Did you ever work with like any of like the, the, the old school guys? Well now they're considered old school. They weren't back then. But like did you work with like Big Daddy Kane or uh, you know Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash, like any of those yeah, guys over there? And, uh, no, I never worked with any of them. So you never really got to collab or meet any of them over there in New York, huh? I never got to collab with them in any type of way, but I did meet them, you know? Okay. Like, I I took my son one time to New York, uh-huh. and we went to a hip-hop club, mm. and, like, he was getting into hip-hop. I think mm. he was 18 at that time. And I was like, hey, man, I want to take you to New York, and you can trip out on all my friends, and, yeah. you know, we can go to cool shit, you know? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And I took him to New York, and, like, we went to my one friend, Marlon. Uh, he's, like, a, a Russian guy into the hip-hop scene. He took us to these, um, like, Russian sauna bathhouse places yeah. where you go in these, like, 200 degrees, and then you get into the ice water, mm-hmm. and you're just like, this, you know, all that shit was crazy to us, you know? And then yeah. he's taking us, you know, him and uh, my boy Mike from Frank's Chop Shop. Like, those two guys can get you into any club in New York. Wow. So we go with them, and then I knew my people, too, from, you know, doing the House of Pain shit mm-hmm. in Cyprus, so... When I take my son, we're going to all the coolest clubs, we're going to all the coolest events, coolest places, and the best food places, you know, because mm-hmm. after going there all these years... You, got, you can't do, like, corporate chains in New York. you got to no. go local all and, day. Yeah, like, yeah. I, my favorite restaurant in New York is Bar Pity. Mm. It's an Italian place on, on 6th Ave and, and Bleecker. The guy Giovanni there, he always hooks us up. Like, I can't go to New York and not eat there. Like, I, awesome. I feel fucked up. Like, if I go to New York, if I'm over there on a layover and I have enough time, like a couple hours, I'm like, okay, I can get out of the airport. I can go to um, Bar Pity, be back in time, make it, you know, like, I'm cool. Let's do this. Are they still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to check it out then. Oh, it's off the chain. <laughs> Italian spot. So I take my son. Uh-huh. The, the first club we hit. My friend uh, Tony Touch was DJing, and it was uh, 
you know, he's just getting into hip hop. So this mm-hmm. is the lineup he sees. His yeah. first night to a, his first hip hop club in New York mm-hmm. is Cool Herc, the number, the yeah, first yeah. DJ, DJ ever. Cool Herc, yeah. First hip hop DJ Grand, ever. You know, the it. grandfather. There was Kid Capri, Clark Kent, and Tony Touch. DJ Not bad. Not bad for a first tip. Yeah, that is a you good know, so he, he's hearing nothing mm. but hits in the clubs. Over there, the people don't try and act cool. They're not all standing around. Yeah. Like, Definitely how it is here. Standing yeah. with their head against the wall. Like, you know, you don't know who's you, you don't know who's going to do what to. Everybody in New York to. fucks with everybody. Everybody in New York is, let's dance. Yep. Let's party. Let's have a fucking good time. Yep. And, and he was like, Dad, I feel like I feel at home right here. Like I want to come here. And at that time, he was working for a restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like in a one of those uh, restaurant groups, and and they have different restaurants. You know, mm-hmm. L.A. and and uh, he was working at the Hollywood Bowl, and they had a a restaurant also at um, the Disney Center. Okay, that silver one downtown. Yeah. They also have spots in New York, so I was like, man, tell them that you want to transfer to New York and just try living here for a year. Yeah. You know, like, get a little ass apartment, I'll hook up my friends, you know, find you a little cheap spot and Mm -hmm. come out here for a year and just trip out on it, you know? Yeah. Is he out there now? No. (laughs) (laughs) Did it go well? He got two kids, he's at the pad. Oh, yeah, you can't, yeah. You know, like, I got to go to 44 countries by that time mm-hmm. on tour. Yeah. Since then, I've been to 50, now I'm at 56. Okay. That I went, you know, after being on tour with the, the bands, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't let it go. You know, I still needed to travel, so I figured out a way to hustle my photography into mm. being able to travel with it to other countries. Yeah. And that's what I did, and I ended up, you know, now I'm at, like, my 56th country. So what did you do when you found a new way to hustle your photography? I, you mean how? Like, yeah. I would take on any, like, people are like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool if you could come and do an art show here. And I'd be like, you know, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I need to get there, you know? Like, yeah. I got to figure this out. And I'd be like, well, you know. <laughs> Try to play uh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to be, you know, my plane ticket covered, my hotel covered, mm-hmm. you know, and I definitely have to have my, you know, per diems covered, but it would be cool if you could guarantee me, like, one sale so I'm not losing money going there, you mm-hmm. know? And they were going, okay, let's see what we can do. And they, you know, set up an art show and they would, like hit up their buyers, you know, their collectors that they already had a roster of. And they'd yeah. be like, hey, this guy wants to come do a show. You know, he's coming here on this day. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think of these pieces? And they would set it up to where I, I would already have one picture sold before I got there. So, so I was like, cool, I got my bills paid at home. Yeah. I got my bills paid on my trip. and I'm out of here you know and I started doing that and started taking on jobs where somebody would be like oh we love your your work you know would you want to come and do a video over here Mm. a music video directing or would you want to come do a photo shoot for our clothing brand I'd be like yeah you know and I'd do the same thing well you know I have to have this covered that covered and You know, but yeah, it sounds cool, and sure enough, you and it know, became a thing, and it just became very. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I started, you know, because it's weird how you're. It seems like people overseas appreciate the culture or whatever more. Way yeah. more than they do here, and way so, longer too. Like yep. if you're going to Japan as like being in the hip hop scene or the lowrider scene, mm-hmm. like they just throw the red carpet down and like treat you you know like a king yeah mm-hmm. pretty much anywhere you go if you were an 80s hip-hop star right in the 80s here now you can't sell out a stadium 
over yeah. there in Europe or Asia, easy. Yeah. A lot of artists still doing mm-hmm. tours in other countries. Yeah, make Soulja way Boy. more money. Soldier <laughs> Boy, Boy. Soldier Boy still does it overseas. He makes wow. a lot of money overseas. Yeah, a lot of people do that. You yeah. know, so I mean, that's that's what I did. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, man, fuck competing here with all these people trying Definitely. to do the yeah. same thing that we all do the same shit together. Yeah, I'll go to Europe and you know, like I think Tom Waits had a song. It was called Big in Japan. You know, mm. and. I'll just go around the world and I'll do shit, you know. Like yeah. When you go as an outsider somewhere and you're coming as a guest, you know, like it opens up a little bit more to you, you know. Mm. I'm sure once if you're like, oh, fuck, I love it here. I'm going to move here. This is great. You know, yeah. I think people would be like, ah, you know, there's another guy trying to move in on our shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if That's you're going there as a move. guest and you're like, you know, mm-hmm. come in one time, do your thing, and go yeah. back home, you're cool. Over there, like when I, I lived there, I lived in Asia for three years. <clears throat> yeah. Almost three, four years. And what part? It didn't, uh, Philippines, I lived in Shanghai, China, Beijing, um, pretty much all over, right? What are you living there for? Uh, I was a teenager. My dad did aviation, right? Oh, so okay. um, I went to high school there. Mm. And it didn't matter where I went, I was treated like a king. Yeah. People just assumed I was, we were broke, right? But people just assumed we had money because I was a white boy in yeah, Asia. Yeah, they there. Just, yeah, they just assumed. Didn't matter what I wanted, anything. Oh, we don't know tables available? We do for you. So you know anywhere. the language. Huh? You know the language? Uh, yeah, I can say "putang in the mo," "walang titi mo." What is he saying? "Wakushun to swoma," like that's Mandarin. Cool. I did Tagalog and Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know, I know. I'm not fluent like I used to be though. No, yeah. you couldn't. Too much alcohol, you know. <laughs> I've been to I've been to um, China filming a documentary. Yeah. I got hired to do a documentary for Apple. Okay. And it was like analog versus digital. And um, this is when like the iPhone 3 had come out. Uh-huh. And they were transitioning to the iPhone 4. So they were like all caught up with that. And it never came out. But they sent me to eight different countries. Yeah. China was one of them. And we went to Beijing and um, Shanghai. Oh, wow. And filmed like some, uh, I guess you'd say like, techno music type groups mm-hmm. and then some hip hop groups and man it, it, that was a good experience you guys like China? Um, yeah I, I mean did. for me I, I, I like anywhere I oh, like okay. to go anywhere and see yeah. what's Cause there experiencing new culture you know? <clears throat> I don't know I've, I've, certain countries that I've been to I'm just not a fan I just like what? Wait to leave. I mean I was tripping like out and, I, was just, yeah. I was like okay I don't want to be here anymore mm. <laughs> I don't you gotta go why. to Shanghai Beijing is too spread out okay. I go to Shanghai but Japan? Definitely, yeah. I, I love Japan, but China was just—it was different. I didn't like it at all. Mm. I didn't want to learn Mandarin or nothing. I just wanted to go. Mm. Yeah, China was a trip for me. You know, yeah. like it was different because I had been to Japan so many times. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, you know, it's Asia. It's gonna be like Japan, and you know, I love Chinese food and all yeah. that <laughs> shit. You know, all the cliches you think of when you're traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get there, there's nothing. Thing. The like you nothing thought. you ever ate here yeah. or names of the food is over there. Nothing. You can't get no cashew chicken over, here, over there. <laughs> or none of that shit. Nothing. Like you look at the menu going, I never seen none of this. Yeah. 
fuck, I don't know what to eat. I didn't, I didn't know what, I didn't even know how to use the chopsticks at the point. I was yeah. like stabbing the stuff, you know, like, like, yeah, and then when yeah. you learn, your fingers become sore after like the first yeah. dinner. Yeah, you get like cramps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the but, food was hot, and then they served me hot water with the hot yeah. food. I'm like, where's the ice water? But that's not traditional mm -hmm. for them. And yeah. if you eat noodles, you better slurp them. Because <laughs> yep. the cook will come out and be like, why aren't you slurping the noodles? This is it not good? <laughs> and it's just it's just like spit. I don't know about now with COVID, but like yeah. back in the day, you had to slurp the noodles. You had to and pretend like, like the food was good? No, you had to slurp. It does, if you didn't slurp, like, you know, like slurp yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. and the noodles are spitting and like all the, <laughs> like, they think it's not good. Yeah, if you weren't being so, loud and making a mess, then they think you didn't like the food. Yep. I never. Is, is that because you're American or they even want Chinese people to do no, that? No, Chinese people everybody. do it. Yeah, everybody oh, does God, it. Oh, God, that's wild. No, yeah. We yeah. don't eat like that. How about no. that? Hell no. <laughs> but there's different customs everywhere you go, yeah. you know, like, so you gotta adapt. like in, table in, uh, mm -hmm. in China. Any bodily function is is natural. Yeah. It's a human thing. So mm -hmm. if you fart, piss, burp, yep. shit, or they spit, it's like normal. You know. Wait, I so thought it was. I thought it, you never have to say. I think in Dubai, you, you're not supposed to spit on the ground. No, yeah. uh, uh, that's not Dubai. That's uh, it might be Dubai. I don't know, but it's uh, Singapore. Singapore. Yep. But in you can't China, chew gum. Uh, where is Singapore? Yeah. Uh, uh, not in, in Asia? I don't know. It's in Asia. Yeah. It's yeah. Southeast Asia. Oh, but it's in a different region than yeah. the bodily fluid Chinese stuff that he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you could go Singapore down the, is like its own little. Like you'll be yeah. walking down the street and somebody will spit like right in front of you as you're stepping. You know, like yeah. man, you, you know when people too? spit like right in front of you. Like, that would no, be another reason I would want to leave. Like, what, what, they don't right? be taking a shit on? on the street. Like I'm talking about not, not homeless people. I'm talking about a guy in a suit. You come around the corner and there's a guy just. He has yes, money. He has everything. He'll just take a shit on the street. Now I'm not saying like it's like normal. Everybody, How often yeah. did you guys see this? But it does happen. Oh yeah, because I ain't never heard this. This yeah. is wild. She over there like. <laughs> 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 Yo, so let's get back to the hip hop, man, because now we're going on a whole another world, right? Yeah. So what was it like meeting like guys cent. like? What was uh, it like meeting fifty? Fifty cent. is it? What was it like meeting fifty? Fifty when we first met him, he was just about to sign like the day he came to meet us uh -huh. he he had already had a meeting with jimmy Iveen. okay and he was gonna sign like right then yeah but we had already been bumping the mixtapes mm. he was already huge in the street you yeah. know like even jay-z said he's coming a, like everybody's yeah it was a different thing back then like you could make a mixtape and be a star in the game just mm. off of mixtapes where people to be a star in that same time when you had a record deal like you had to be selling out arenas and shit like that mm. so it was like weird like you could be a star and be the type that's selling out stadiums and arenas or you could be a star in the streets with your mixtape mm. interesting like you're not really you making like no money but you're everybody knows who you are yeah everybody's bumping your shit and you're, just like, you're that guy. And then you have the the higher chance of like actually getting signed. And then you get, you know, you go to Jimmy Iovine and yep. you sign the deal. Man. And that's what happened when we met him. Mm -hmm. um, he cartooned did like the outline of his back, the 5-0. Oh, cool. And then he went and had a midi, uh, he had to go have a meeting with Jimmy Iovine that night. And then he mm -hmm. came back the next day and got the, the inside of the letters or the numbers filled in. Mm. So that's at the point when we met him that's so funny. he was right like, when he got the tattoo yeah 
Man. A tattoo the, that the, took two the days. The first night, the outline was yeah. before he signed the deal. The second night, you know, when he had gotten the inside of the numbers filled mm-hmm. in, he had signed the deal. When he came to get the tattoo, did he come with like 30 people? No, he just came with a couple of his homies. Oh, okay. Mm. I think the stereotype was, uh, is true. No, I think it was uh, Lloyd Banks okay. and a couple other guys. We Cartoon ended up tattooing all of them. Oh, uh, Shop Money XL. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he ended up tattooing him, Lloyd Banks, and uh, Young Buck. Okay. Yeah, I think those were all. The, and then we went on tour with them with the anger management. It was, it was uh, Eminem, D12, 50 Cent, the G Unit. That was a crazy tour. Uh, had Cypress Hill, and uh, Exhibit, and Obi Trice was on there. Yeah, that had to be a crazy. So tour. what was it like? I mean, everybody flashes <clears throat> back to that tour, like the anger management tour. What was it? Can you like, like I don't know, try to like. Make us feel like we're there. It was 2002-ish, right? Yeah. I mean, that was around the times when there was a Up in Smoke. You know, up like, in Smoke tour. There was Smoking Grooves, like the Cypress did with, like, you know, that was their tour. Uh-huh. And we had, like, the Fugees and Busta Rhymes, Tribe Called Quest, Erica Badu, Outkast, Ziggy Marley, um, George Clinton. Like, mm-hmm. those were our tours, the Smoking Grooves. Then there was Up in Smoke with Drake, um... Snoop Dogg and the Dog Pound and mm-hmm. and all them. Then there was um, anger management. Yeah. So there was like these tours. There were they were powerhouses. Yeah, they were all heat. You yeah. know, and like if you were getting on one of those tours, you that's how you he know was, you made it. Yeah. At that time. Yeah, you know you made it when you're on one of those big tours. So yeah. what was it like backstage, like with all those guys? Just like you, it's everywhere a, you look, it's a legend. It's a party, like with and and everybody's family, and like everybody was having fun. Like yeah. you didn't see that many days where people would come up and they'd be like, you know, what's looking up, man? down. Mm. Like, but see, at that time, you probably up? didn't know Nothing. that they were legends. You know, no, yeah. like they were just normal, like. I mean, it was happening so fast that everybody was becoming a legend, mm-hmm. and they were already they were huge to be on those tours yeah. already. Eight Mile already came out in two thousand one. Yeah, like right? you're already big if you're on any of those tours that yeah. I mentioned. So, if you're on one of those tours, your shit's popping, and everybody mm. that is on those tours is happy because they're like, "Yeah, my shit's popping. This tour's popping. Everything about it is fucking great." Mm. And, and like, you, you, not to cut you off, you have been going on tours since 94? That was your first one? 92. So, 92 to 2002, were you already, like, like I was a out? seasoned vet already. Yeah, were you, were you like, okay, I'm kind of <laughs> tired of this? No, no way. I was like, no. I got another 50 years of it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm traveling. Different girls I'm, I'm every in, night. Yeah, yeah, we got the girls, we got the food, we got the drugs, we got the, you know, nice hotels, we got the, the you know, the nice flights, mm-hmm. you know, like... Sometimes promoters are like, hey, you want to come for this festival? And we're like, oh, where is it? Oh, way over there. And they're like, we'll give you first class ticket. Oh, we'll give you, the, you know, hook you up we with the best hotel. Jet. Yeah. You know, like the private jet thing wasn't that big back then. Mm. Okay. Like I've never been in a private jet, but I've been with the top groups in the world, you know, yeah. traveling with them. Smoke too. I've never been in a private I'll take that. You know, like yeah. we went to, uh, it was Cypress Hill and Ice Cube. We all went on the... Regular plane, there was like 30 of us in the front of the plane. Mm-hmm. You see, people didn't have 
iPhones back then either. So nope. we weren't just taking we're the no. chirp phones. random ass pictures. The chirp phone? Yeah, oh, we had like yeah. the Nextel, yeah. Uh, chirp, chirp. Yeah. You know, like, they're <laughs> like walkie-talkies. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, hey, what's up, homie? Where you at? Because you didn't have to have um, um, a phone service. Mm. For some reason, that worked on a different How frequency. <laughs> yeah. So you could just be chirping people, but you weren't adding up your bill. Because mm. sometimes I'd get home from tour and have like thousand fifteen hundred dollar phone bill oh my god from overseas charges <laughs> it to the label. wow even before yes, before over. iphones or uh-huh. before uh, cell phones uh-huh. we had pagers and we had two-way two-way pagers yeah and our home bills and like if i think like the first time you really learn your lesson of, of what a phone could do to you mm. is if you go on tour and you use hotel phones Mm. Like the the phones in the rooms, and you're yeah. calling long distance to home. Man, them bills were like, thou- <laughs> you could easily spend a couple thousand on phone bills just, just, on, just on a on a month tour in Europe. Wow! Just calling home to your family, you know, shit like that. You're like calling your girl, and, and then you got the internet. It's just free. Yeah, why don't you talk to me? I miss you. I know, but it's like you know, it's <laughs> it's like fifteen dollars a minute. A minute right? It's like fifteen dollars a minute. I know, but I haven't seen. You. I know, but it's like expensive, man. Who's there? Who's in the room with you? Nobody. And I just don't want to fucking charge up the bill. Like you yeah, know, yeah, nobody's yeah. here. You're cutting you know. in our profit right now. Yeah, like you, you know, any money I'm making, I'm spending. Whole bunch of girls waiting. Yeah. You know, like, Shh, shut up. <laughs> Man, you see that shit in the videos. Like yeah. people are like, like you know, like you see that shit on like IG and stuff. Like people will be. Hey, hold on, hold on. There's my girl. My girl's calling. And then yeah. like, there's a party, and then everybody goes quiet. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm in bed right now. And then they <laughs> hang up, and the party goes. Yeah, back. the party starts again. <laughs> Man, wow. well, now crazy. they got FaceTime, so you got to turn your lights off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that shit's over. Lay down. <laughs> so have you seen Fifty Cent since you saw him get that tattoo? Yep. Is he different now than obviously? Yeah, but like, I was like back. the. Is it is it like like a major difference like? Is he the same guy, or is he, like, does he still have, like, the streetness to him, or is he just too comfortable now? No, I think he's just, like, a, a 100% businessman, you know? That's what it looks like. Like, he's just, yeah. like, that mogul, you know, like, you know, like, everything he does is a hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's on uh, Bellator, he's, yeah. you know, one of the promoters, he's doing a TV show as Empire, one of it's the biggest. number one shows. Yeah, he's, like. You know, there's no, uh, there, you, what are you gonna, how can you be all street doing that? You, you can't, know, you can't be, you have to Yeah, evolve. like you're gonna scare people that you're working with, yep. you know? Okay. So you have to like be more business minded, you know, and, and. You have to be. You, like when you're working with people, you can't, you if you're doing the street thing, you're gonna scare them away. Yep. You know, they're gonna exactly. be like. You know, I don't want to fuck with him because if I fuck up, you know, he might flip out on me or yeah, lose it. Yeah, like Suge Knight crap, you know. Like, people just, don't do with that anymore. Did you guys ever run into Suge Knight? He, or he no, never want anything to do with you guys? or what? No, I knew him from, you know, everybody's from Before? L.A. Oh, okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're always cool, you know. Okay. We see him at the magic shows at the in, in Vegas, the yeah. clothing shit. Or he came to one of my videos and, um, you know, he, I, I seen him around a few times. Okay. Did you ever talk to him? Yeah. 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 I'd be like, hey, what's up, homie? You know, yeah. he was cool with us. You ever uh, see him rough up anybody? No. 
No. No, I never seen it. Well, you just can't talk about it. No, I never, I never seen it. <laughs> He's locked up, so you're yeah. good. <laughs> no, I never seen him. Uh, I never seen him trip on nobody really. Mm. Was it him or was it his team? I mean, or was it a mixture? The times when I saw him, I don't really even notice if there was other. I mean, he might have had some homies around with him, but mm-hmm. that you didn't know. Like you're there. just focused on him, you know. He's fucking huge. You're like, hey, what's up, on me? You know, yeah. like mm. it wasn't like, you know, here comes Suge and his entourage. It's more yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, there's Suge. Oh, mm. All right, hey, what's up, on me? You know, like it was always like because you hear stories when he comes into like. The, the music awards or whatever and everybody's just freaking out like Shook's here Shook's here yeah. like running like, like you hear those stories so you don't know if it's over exaggerated or if it was really like that I just think it's weird that they would get like that you know like mm. I mean everybody's everybody's a man you know like yeah why would you run just because you hear somebody's coming into, you know, a yeah. big event? Because yeah. he's threatening to break your legs. Why yeah. would you yeah. run? Well, I, mean, that's <laughs> no, I mean, if it's your legs he's going to break and you fucked up, then... And they are good. Sorry, bro. Hopefully you got medical, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you did something wrong, here. then, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody should run, you know? Man. So what... Because we got to close yeah, out slowly. Yeah, yeah. But I was gonna ask. So, so uh, on the on a note of even roughing people up, did you guys ever get into anything like that? Mm. Like any we, altercations on tour the at the club? Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how that normally go? I mean, we you got to get you just got to get down. You know, represent yeah. your city, represent your crew. You know, like was there, there anything what, with like the the uh, like Cypress Hill or any of them that you were a part of where you just kind of had to get roughed down? I mean, we we had to fight a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. We'd go to clubs, and guys would get mad that you know, you're the out of town guy, the famous guy, and you're mm, getting the girls, and they're jealousy. like, you know, fuck that. Who the fuck they think they are? You know, yeah, that type of thing. Or you know, we'd see bootleggers selling our shit. You know, oh, the early no. days, and you know, we didn't like people selling because to me, it's like. It's cool you're feeding your family by stealing our yep. stealing our logos and our artwork and mm-hmm. making, but it's not cool to us, you know. Yeah, of course Cause not. Cause it's your stealing. hard work. It's your life. You're stealing. Yeah, you're stealing our shit. Like, yeah. how's that cool? It's not cool at all. Yeah, it's yep. definitely not cool. So if we were in the so parking lot or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how would you be, or what kind of man would you be? If you walk by another man that stole your shit and he's selling it right in front of you or even asking you, like, hey, man, I got this shirt. It's $10. You want it? Like, what kind of man would you be to be like, oh, no, or just, like, not not act like, you know, he was a homeless guy and, you know, asking you for money. You just walk by without even acknowledging Mm -hmm. him. I mean, for for us, where we came from or, you know, how we grew up, it's like... If you don't at least say something, you're a bitch. Yeah. You know, or a punk. You should at least acknowledge who you're trying to sell to. You know? No, you as the person that's getting your shit ripped off should at least acknowledge oh, yeah. oh, I definitely the, the person 100%. that's burning you. Yeah. You know, so say something, do something, like mm-hmm. do something, man. But don't agree. just fucking walk by like, oh man, this guy's stealing, you know. Uh, oh, I complain about it and cry shit. about like, it. Like, you know? yeah. Say something, slap the dude, bomb on him, or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, to an extent, I mean, he's. Did, did you guys have merch for sale? Yeah. Okay, now he's robbing you. I was going to say, to yeah. an extent, he's not really robbing you if you guys aren't selling clothes. But if no, you guys yeah. are selling clothes, then, yeah, come buy the clothes from us. Because yeah, bootleggers, are, they're not, they're only selling shit that isn't, they're not selling shit because you're not. 
Mm. You know, they're selling shit because you are, and they see it makes money. And yep. they're selling you for exactly. cheaper. And they're yeah, trying to they're get trying the back end. Ch- yeah, and they're yeah. like, well, that motherfucker got enough money. He don't need it, you know. He <laughs> don't need it all. <laughs> no, you know, I can get mine. Exactly. Like, go they, you don't need rips. They just assume you're already yeah, rich. Yeah, go so fucking like, do your own rap record and do your own merch. Then, exactly. You know, like, yeah, I ain't special. I got two mm-hmm. hands, two legs. And it's hard to do that now because everybody got official websites and everything. Go and ahead, nowadays, yeah, in the nineties, yeah. it was people. Too many people did that. Well, well, so, I, and I want to I ask okay. this because I want to. Because I know we got to close out. But like, what was it like? Because um, I want to get back to the tour and get a few of those guys in. Right. Um, one, did you do any of the photography in the backstage of those tours? And two, what was it like meeting like Eminem and Dr. Dre? I did all. I, I shot every day. Yeah. Every day on that I shot photo, photo, photos and I shot footage every day. Wow. And you still got that footage? Yeah. And a, maybe 10% of my footage and photos were used in the movie. Mm. Like, I have over 500,000 photos wow. and I have three books out. Yeah. And each one of my books has like 300 photos in it. What's your book called? I have uh, L.A. Woman, L.A. Portraits, and This is Los Angeles. Okay. So just if you're thinking like if you just add up those numbers mm-hmm. at the most, people are seeing 900 pictures of mine in wow. three different books, and I have over 500,000. I have a couple hundred hours of footage, uh-huh. and in that movie, like 80 percent of the movie was my footage. Uh-huh. You know, there's little just seconds here and there of each clip, so mm-hmm. you can imagine all the shit that I really got. You yeah. know, it's like too much and as far as uh, Eminem and Dre like I said you know Eminem's definitely one of the coolest people I've met period not just yeah. in the industry or anything like that or hip hop or whatever I mean here's a guy we met in the 90s and we were mm-hmm. cool with him back then when he was just starting out he wasn't he came by himself when we when mm-hmm. we hung out so he didn't have the the homies he didn't have the entourage none of that shit and we were cool as fuck and we treated him like you know yeah like he was he was the shit you know like yeah. then later on down the years he started you know getting the you know having the the entourage around like you know a lot of the homies around mm. then it was like you know security then you know the the records just went you know yeah. through the sky and he still was always the same wow you know like he remained like when we saw him this last time i think it was 2018 or or 2019 we went to interview him he was just mm-hmm. about to go on a tour and it was just like like old times like hey what's up on me blah blah and, yeah. and he was the biggest person that we interviewed in the movie as yeah. far as um celebrity mm-hmm. money following on on social media yeah so him being the biggest person on there you know we didn't pay him to be in the movie we didn't pay him nothing when the movie came out him and snoop were two of the first people that posted the trailer Mm. and he was the i think he was the only person to put the link of the netflix movie in his bio wow so he was like Check out this this documentary. My homies, cartoonist Devon, did it. The link is in my bio. Mm. That's like, love. 
That's, that's we didn't though. ask him. We didn't know. We were like, there. People were like tagging me. Hey, check it out. Eminem. Yeah. Did, look how Eminem did you. And I was like, oh, what the fuck. Like man, I wish I had his number and just be like, hey homie, man, yeah. you got no I, no idea how appreciative I am, you know, for this. Like, mm. thank you, good man. looking now. Like, thank you, man, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that type of shit. Him and Snoop are like two of the dude, coolest mm. dudes that I bet. Period. But especially in the industry, mm. I met Dre a couple times. He's always cool as hell, you know. 50s always cool exhibit you know all those guys yeah. are there i don't know man everybody's been really cool with us and we never had really any bad experiences with nobody wow. except for the bootleggers except for the, the bootleggers, bootleggers. <laughs> the they bootleggers gotta get it <laughs> man you know what work. <laughs> there there's very few people that i uh that i envy and everything but you're definitely one of a man you had an amazing life um tell everybody um where to find you uh, if you have any projects going on right now that you want to promote, and uh, and we'll close this out. All right, yeah. Anybody could find me on IG, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, my my uh, website. It's all I keep it real simple for okay. everybody, and it's a Stevan Oriel. Okay, Stevan Oriel. We'll I don't right do no uh, underscores or no numbers and none of that yeah, shit it's just simple. put my name no gimmicks you know just i love it man yeah i want to cheers to you man you're an amazing person whatever you got and we ain't supposed to buy them get that out of here <laughs> all right cheers man great life nice meeting you and uh let's stay in touch with you.